everybody. This is Dr. Diana Wiley, and I am your host of Love, Lust, and Laughter. Dr. Linda DeVillers is back. She's my friend, my colleague, the author of Love Skills and Simple Sexy Foods. She's a psychologist and a sex therapist. Welcome back, my friend. Well, thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. Yes, and I just, I always love having you as a guest. You're recently single, so we decided well, to that's... talk about online dating after 50. And um, just in general, kind of a brief overview, what do you think about online dating so far? And then we're going to talk about things like setting your online experience expectations and making a profile and so on. But what do you think about it so far? Well, I think it's a fascinating process, and it's sort of so far so good. Uh, yeah. I've only, I've only had, um, I've only been out with two different men. Um, yeah. Both of whom were, how do we want to put it, were very um, acceptable. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't think there either one is going to go anywhere, but it's been, mm-hmm. I think it's a really interesting experience. And I think what pleases me is to see that there's a lot of, of men. I'm, obviously I'm, I'm speaking as a heterosexual woman uh, mm-hmm. yes. who really are interested in what I'm interested in, which would be another long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, I think there, I think there honestly is, quality out there. I think mm-hmm. it's a matter, though, of um, really matching up. And one of the mm-hmm. things I've learned, probably about myself, but I think even uh, particularly from one of these men, is that as a senior, um, on the one hand, we're all after, maybe I should dare to say, new adventures or new prospects. But on the other hand, There are things we're used to and accustomed to, and it's exactly how much of that is one willing to say um, or to change course, if I could put it that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm thinking of a detail that I haven't discussed with any man, uh, but it could even have to do with things like, what time do you get up in the morning typically? When do you like to Mm -hmm. have dinner? Because... Mm -hmm. I can personally attest to the fact that I wouldn't do well with a man who had radically different concepts about what a good time is to get up and eat and things like that. They're very basic things. And as I say, maybe one should think, oh, I'm going to be very flexible. But one of the things I think one discovers is how flexible are you really about some of these things? Now you're talking about um, the morning person and the night person, the the, uh, the exactly the sparrow or the owl, and, <laughs> and um, you know, I've, and yeah, that that can that I've can always, be a problem. Ironically, I've always said I'm an afternoon person <laughs> because yeah. it's not like I want to be up at the crack of dawn. Um, That's right, but but I don't sleep in late. So what do you call that? <laughs> Yes, yes. Well, I I know you'll have more to say about all of this as we go along, and I thought it'd be useful to uh, talk first about setting your online 
uh, expectations. And, um, and, you know, I came across some very interesting data to increase, to run the numbers, run the numbers to increase your odds. And, you know, do this, maybe forget for a moment the chemistry and do the math. So uh, the suggestions right. are, and some of these came from Dr. Helen Fisher, um, uh-huh. who, uh, you, you know about her, because she uh, yes, represents chemistry.com. Um, and she's, she's, for those listening, she's uh, rather famous in our field and has done some amazing relationship and uh, brain using functional MRI using brain studies. But here she says, meet nine people. Our brains are best equipped to handle five to nine options. Any more, and we go into cognitive overload. Um, mm-hmm. And she says at that point, you just start looking for reasons to say things like, uh, reasons to say no, like, oh, I don't like his ugly shoes. Look at his ugly shoes. <laughs> so pick, pick nine, meet in person, and this may take yeah. a while, right? And then take a break and why, why you get to know at least one. And then she wants also for people to set three deal breakers. And one that I used um, back when I was using online dating uh, was smoking. I don't want any. I don't want a cigarette smoker at all. That's a deal breaker for me. What's yeah. a deal breaker for you, Linda? Um, well, that would be one for me too. Although yeah. I just want to interject. You know, on yes, most yes. of the dating sites, at least the ones I've been on, they clearly yeah. ask about that, and I have not mm-hmm. been matched once with anybody who was a smoker. So I, I think I'm trying to say it's already sort of removed from the platter. Sorted out. I don't think a good that, point. That's a very I, I good point. I think that's not one that you have to, that you'll have to mm-hmm. address because I think it gets addressed before they ever match you up. And certainly it's becomes a, it's a piece of information that's in everybody's profile. Mm-hmm. That's good. So, the the um, final point that in running the numbers that Dr. Fisher makes is, right. and, and we talked about this in the pre-interview, give it three dates. Even if right. you don't feel chemistry, chemistry doesn't last. Well, it, it, that's what she's saying, but I, I disagree. I think it can. Um, but, but attraction, this is the important thing, though. Attraction is important, but if someone meets your needs, you may find the attraction follows. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the person gets better looking as you come to love them more. You know, it's just one of those phenomenons that, that is true. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I yeah. totally agree with that. I'll throw out one that maybe my noble self wishes were not a uh-huh. deal breaker. But I think at this stage in life, um, I have certain political views, and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm fairly deeply attached to those views. And yes. so, for me, and, and that's one of the things that, one of the websites, it just gives vague words, you know, uh, they may not even identify that, or they'll say conservative somewhat, but I... I want somebody on my political page 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It would be a deal breaker to have somebody, particularly if they were decidedly not on the same page. Yeah, I think I'm so glad you brought that up, Linda, because uh, especially we've become so polarized in this nation oh, and it seeps into all other things. And so those of us who are more liberal joined many, many people in being sort of horrified by what president the former president trump did and is still right. trying to do so it's and it's broken up families and right. so i think even more than ever we we want to be on the same page politically and, and, and so, yes mm-hmm. yes sorry go ahead um you know i'm going to make an interesting comment because it turns out that one of the friends i made in my relatively new venue uh, of almost three years where I live. Mm-hmm. I, I've become a close friend of somebody who is not on the same political page and her mm-hmm. son is even a political activist. Mm-hmm. Um, we simply don't talk politics. And I've also more recently become, become friends with a couple also um, from the South, but there's so many other things I like. We don't, we don't go there. And I yeah, like yeah, the yeah. fact that I am not, I have some friends who will not socialize with people who are not on the same political page. I don't agree with that. But when it comes to a personal partner, you know, exactly. it's one thing for me to say, I just won't go there in these social mm-hmm. settings. Mm-hmm. But with a significant other, I do want to be able to go there. And that's sort of an interesting distinction I find myself making. Well, I, I think it's a very valid one, particularly in these days. Um, back when I was doing online dating, uh, 11, how long ago? Um, yeah, 11 years 12. ago. <laughs> 12. <laughs> 12. It's, I, <laughs> I'm saying that because I know when you met. Who is now my husband. So you'd have to be a couple of years ten. before. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was uh, it, that wasn't as um, uh, big an issue because we didn't have such a divided right. nation and so, p- people right. so polarized because of politics. So yeah. Well, let's let's move on to cre- crafting yes. a profile. Um, you know, I think it's important because we want to be honest, but we also want to be appealing. And um, exactly. Yeah, and. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the photo or photos. Are the websites, you're on eHarmony, I guess, and Match.com? I'm on eHarmony, Match, and Silver Singles. And Silver Singles, good. And that's usually good advice that, that people don't just sign up for one, one site. But um, right. th- you, you're more likely to be safer if you use a paid site rather than an unpaid site, because paid sites have your credit card, they have information. If you're, if the person is in financial trouble, uh, that would uh, show up as the credit card for the paid, for the paid site. So it's oh, better. Interesting to, point. Yeah, and it's better, I think, to have a paid site. And so the sites are usually they let you. Pr- post more than one photograph. Is that true now? Yes, it is. That's yes, good. That is so I, I have some, 
I'd love for you to weigh in on this, but I have some pointers because about photos that are going to be posted because I think the photo is more important than it should be because in real life people take a lot of cues Correct. Uh, at once about a person, you know, your voice, your facial expression, your dress, mm-hmm. of course, exactly. how, what, how you say something and what, what you say. But online dating's first introduction is a picture or pictures. So appearance so, in online dating is more important than in real life. So I think my first suggestion is don't use an old picture. <laughs> that yeah, can be a disaster a when you meet in person <laughs> and you don't look at all yeah. like your picture. Well, mean, that happened um, to me a few I times when I was in online dating. Yeah. I just, so, you know, the, the man the, didn't look at all like... He he was much balder and much fatter than he had been in his picture. So don't use an old picture. Please weigh in on this one. Okay. So my experience is this. I mean, I dared to use a picture that was three years old. I don't consider that 20. But I can no, also no, no. tell That's you fine. that it brings yeah. up an interesting thing. Um, not only what I did, but what I've seen some men do. So <clears throat> I had a photo, and it happened to be... Um, it not only included my former significant other, but it included the person who had just gotten married. So that photo, I had an assistant who systematically cropped out the other people. We were able to crop out the other people. And it, and it happens. I have a rather, I will dare to use the word, a Boolean smile. I've got feedback about that from one or two men who said, you have a fabulous smile. Um, but anyway, you do, Linda. I, you I bring do. that. I bring that up because several of the men have shots that include their former partners. Um, and in one case, I actually chose to give the man feedback. You know, I'm looking at this picture, and it's a picture of a woman, and I'm thinking, is this person trans? What's ha- what's happening here? And then. Yeah, yeah. When you go to the second picture, you see that there's three people in it. Anyway, I sent him feedback because he's got this picture up with three people in it. And the one that's front and center is the woman. Not a good plan. (laughs) Very not a good plan. No, no, Um, no. And um, (laughs) generally it's thought to not use a half picture. Um, but but you had an assistant who really cropped it well. Um, well, and I cropped think, it um, well. And yeah. the catch was that when sometimes it gets into the um, the math or the science of it, that I wanted to put up uh, one picture that was full body, and it either exceeded the size, or I can't remember what the pixel issue was, but there was a pixel issue, and I couldn't post it. Um, mm. So I do have... The pic- it's just a headshot. The, the headshot is my primary picture. Then I put up one that did work out with my full body because it's fair to say people want to know about your shape as well as your face. No, that's uh, right. And, okay. and if you're, if you, and of course I know how fit you are because your whole life. You have played mm-hmm. tennis, and you're a skier, and you, I mean, you really are very athletic, and uh, so you should have your full picture there. I mean, your full body in a picture. Yeah, and right. actually, a lot of the sites do recommend that. 
And I mean, interestingly, on I, I think it's eHarmony, it doesn't matter which one, one of the sites um, asks you about your body shape, and, and you get mm. to say, you know, um, mm-hmm. I don't remember, there's one category that says medium fit, and it, it, it implies I'm a little overweight. There's one that yes. says uh, slender, overweight, it, the categories are there. Um, I don't believe Match.com asks that at all. So that speaks mm-hmm. to whether or not you want to say in the body of your description of yourself, um, if, especially if it's a site that doesn't give that information in the basic um, you know, mm-hmm. demographics, mm-hmm. that you, you, you really ought to include it. Um, it's what I would say. You know, and as much a positive spin as you can say it. Yes, yes. And so let's, um, so the, 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 I think before we move on to writing the profile, I, I think it's important uh, to post a picture that looks really friendly, open, and warm. Yes. And, I mean, you're, you're somebody giving you feedback. Yes. Oh, you have a delightful smile. It's a, just a, and it is, it's um it's a it's a lovely smile. It's a radiant smile. So, right, that will show you as friendly, open, and warm. And um, so, let's talk about writing your profile um, because this is a place um, where potential dates get a sense of what kind of personality you have, and also what you're looking for. <laughs> exactly. And um, and you know, I I I encourage my single clients who are asking for feedback on profiles. And by the way, I do, I do in fact uh, sometimes look at a profile that if a client asks me and sure, make, she, she'll, she, she'll draft it and then I'll make a point. And, yeah. and, uh, and I had a client say that uh, check out these matches uh, and then I, I that I have so far, and then I would look, I would zoom in and look really closely at each one's eyes, uh, because oh, a softer gaze, a more warm and relaxed one, means he's comfortable with his emotions. Excellent yeah, point. kind eyes. I've always put a lot of power into yeah. pa- kind eyes. Look at his eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so, but in writing your profile, if you're not, if you're dyslexic or you're just a bad speller, for heaven's sakes, use spell check. <laughs> That's a great point, actually. Yeah. Because I, um, fact- otherwise people, you know, if you make a lot of typos and misspelled words and maybe grammatical errors, many will think you're uneducated or at the very least uninterested in anything serious, perhaps. And right. um, so you want to do that. And I think it's also important to show your heart because people really are looking for authenticity. If you put down a lot of superficial thoughts and nothing about what you want out of life or what's right. truly important to you, you'll be more interesting to people who are looking for fun and maybe less interesting to people who are looking for someone who could love them, you know, right. Who could love them? So, show your heart. Do you have some comments about that? The authenticity well, of, of what you want. Um, I very much agree. One should be authentic, 
I will, I will dare to tell you that because of some research I know of, um, I know that there are certain keywords that people really respond to. Oh, good. Let's share those, them. Please share them with. <laughs> let's just say I always make sure to include it, you know. So what are you like? I'm, I'm very much likely to personally say I'm open, direct, warm. Warm yes. is a key word. Keyword. Uh, uh, yeah, it is. That's, I'm uh, not surprised. Now, don't use it if you can't say that you, you yeah, exactly. evidence that, you know, on a regular basis. Exactly. I, I think I'm quite capable of that, if not all the time. Yes, you are. But um, another word would be maybe open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, choose. You know, I know people who say, I'm really upbeat. Now, is that... Is that really true? What if it genuinely is true? Then by all means, go for that. Um, I've seen some male profiles that have said, um, "I have a funny, sarcastic sense of humor," mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, um, "Really?" Um, speaking of red flags, I'm not sure. I think that's. Uh, I would not be running around saying. I like sarcasm. Um, I personally don't. No, anyway, yeah. You know, there's a, and there's the a sarcasm huge sarcasm often. Uh, yeah. Sarcasm often comes up with people that are very intelligent, but often aren't very warm or direct. Exactly. So uh, you you want to use. And you don't want the whole, how do I want to put it? You don't want to give 10 or 12 adjectives that describe yourself. Give a couple. And then mm-hmm. I think it's also important to segue into what your interests are. Yes, um, absolutely. And, and I, I think it's maybe a key expression that I've seen in other people's profiles. I don't know that I actually used it, but I, I name some of my key interests. And it's looking looking for someone who shares some of my interests. You know, you're That's probably a good way to put it, Linda. Yes, to be thinking about. It's very naive to be. I need somebody who likes this and this and this and this. Really, that's mm-hmm. that's not very realistic. It it isn't. Um, so all right. So uh, what else? What you have about keywords well, and. Keywords. Well, looking for someone um, who shares some of my interests, which is good. Yeah, and I think you want to say, um, again, in my case, uh, I enjoy the outdoors. Now, Mm -hmm. probably sharing an interest in the outdoors is more important to me than whether you play tennis or not. Which mm-hmm. this so might not be true time. for other people, but I make the distinction between: Do you like to get out in the fresh air? Do you like to take walks? Um, I'm not talking about mountaineering, because I've, I'm aware that I have my set of tennis friends. It would be wonderful if you played tennis, also, but that's that's not high in my priority list that you do. Yeah, uh, and I I would hope. Uh, that people be, articulate really which which of those outdoor, which of those activities that you engage in would it be really important for you to share with somebody? Now, I'll give a separate example for me. Is 
international travel. I truly would like to be with somebody who shares an interest in doing that because that's something I'm looking for a companion to do with me. Of course, Uh, yes. It's very different from tennis, you know. Um, Well, sure. And, yeah, having a companion. And then as we get older, uh, now I'm speaking for myself, um, uh, you know, I like, I like, well, it's helpful that my husband drives so well and drives at night. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Yeah, that's an excellent point. I mean, you know, I, I, as the older I get, uh, the more I'm a little bit bothered by driving at night and, and those oncoming headlights often um, bother me. Mm-hmm. And, and so that, but that happens to a lot of older people. So, but right. mostly you want a companion to, sh- if you're traveling, to share some of the delight with. And exactly. uh, exactly. yeah, and to share meals with you. Part of the adventure of traveling exactly. is the adventure of eating foods, and the the exactly. world does seem to be opening up a little more now that COVID seems to be on its down right. downward right. way. Um, anyway, yes, uh, I, I like it that you're that you. Um, are putting specifically what what are important to you and and your love of the outdoors of nature it it exactly. it's good and then and we know about um, how important being in nature can be to relieve anxiety and stress so there's exactly. that that's an exactly. aside but the um, the Japanese I, call uh, walking right. in the forest bath I think they call it right. um, I did a lot of that during the height. Of COVID, actually, you know, people Thank were you. all huddled in their home, uh, in their homes, mm-hmm. and I said yeah. to myself, "I will not be a caged animal." <laughs> that That's was good. my image of this. I had with my then significant other, and also by myself, I started discovering all sorts of outdoor areas in the new county I live in uh, mm-hmm. that I didn't know about, uh, and it was yes, it was very soothing and normalizing, uh, et cetera. It was really important to me, which mm-hmm. I don't know if this is a deal breaker for me specifically, but there's, there's sort of the couch potato person. There's the, I really love sports. Well, did you mean you love sports to engage in them or to watch them? Um, mm-hmm. I don't want, mm-hmm. I don't want the guy who wants to spend his weekends uh, sitting and watching the football game or whatever the game of the day is. Um, that's just not, a, that's basically asking me to go do something solo. So that well, would not but, be appealing But I to think me. it, I mean, I'm, I'm really glad that, that my husband doesn't um, watch a lot of sports, hardly any, but, but, and when he watches, occasionally when he watches football, he watches with with no sound, <laughs> just so we can. Oh, that's it. wild. <laughs> yeah, but but and I'm not interested in sports at all. Um, on, you know, professional sports, not very much. But but you don't have to. I figure I can always do something else when he's watching football, oh, and true. I do. Yeah, and um, I yeah. Uh, you're probably yeah. right. Once retired, it doesn't matter that much. But I'm mm-hmm. I'm thinking about. When I was working, you know, the weekends, 
were the free time so to do things together so it interfered mm-hmm. more you know let's go back to something that i know for i'm sure people who are passionate about this will include it in their profiles um, yes i'm eating habits meaning are you vegan are you vegetarian um mm-hmm. you know etc paleo whatever um it's probably not a deal breaker for me but i i would feel because I'm an omnivore, um, mm-hmm. I, it's, somebody's going to get a lot of plus marks if they're on the same page with me about that. That's what I would say. Well, and, and let's take into account, I don't know if you put this in your profile, probably not at my, and even the sex, I left out that I was a sex therapist in my profile. Oh, that I, was I, I wouldn't remotely go there. I didn't even say, you know, it, it brings up an interesting thing. Because one friend of mine said, well, did you tell him you had a Ph.D.? And I said, well, unfortunately, that's part of one of the demographic pieces of information It yeah. that is unless you're going to lie about that. I certainly didn't put it in my description um, at all. And I think one has to say, or if you want to make any mention, I'm a professional man, professional woman, if that is what you are, that you would leave it at that, or I'm a retired professional. Yeah. Um, but I want to go back and, to your eating habits. Yeah. I, I mean, yes. you would be especially interested because you're the author of Simple Sexy Foods, and we've done some shows right. in the past on that right. book, and it's just an incredible book. Describe oh, this thank book. You. Describe the book a little bit, because people can buy it still through your website, Dr. Yes, that's Linda correct. DeMillers, right. and I'll that's put it correct. in my show notes. Well, but describe it, the Simple it, Sexy Foods just briefly. Okay, Simple Sexy Food is a book that's focused on highlighting the fact that food has huge sensual potential and that eating mindfully and and sensuously is is a wonderful experience and it highlights the fact that foods with aphrodisiac reputations uh, you know whether it's the lore or what it is they they fundamentally are very healthy foods so mm-hmm. um, it's a book that explores um, what the lore is all about and highlights what the actual uh, nutrient benefits of those foods are, and then it provides 101 recipes um, with a somewhat international focus. And um, spice is hot, <laughs> so yes. certainly the book doesn't focus on spicy foods, but there's a certain number of foods that um, you know have a little a little kick to them, and um, it offers a variety of even cooking tips about how to make this work, how to have a foreplay before, during, and after, as it were, a meal. I love the book so much, and I've given it, and I wrote the foreword to it, right? Yes, right? You but, yes, you did. Um, but I, I love the book so much, and I've given it as a gift, a wedding gift to, to uh, uh, oh, that's great. people, or the children of people that I, friends, and... Uh, right. With some really nice feedback. I mean, it's really fun. And, it, you know, even if the aphrodisiac uh, is is somewhat of a placebo, you it's okay. Right. Placebos are fine. Right. You anticipate exactly. that it's going to turn you on, and it does. <laughs> 
Right. The food. And it's, you know, it's what is the food and how do you eat it and what's the whole kind of stage or backdrop you give it. Yeah, all of that really mm-hmm. matters. And it counters what I call mindless mindless eating. That's people scarf down food. They're not even paying attention. They're not enjoying the food that much, actually. I absolutely agree with you. Mindfulness, if we can cultivate that in our lives in in so many ways other than eating, certainly mindfulness, being in the moment when we're being sexual is so important. Exactly. Uh, now we're going off topic a little bit for today, but it's all right um, because yeah. women – have a bigger corpus callosum, the big connecting tissue between the right and left hemispheres of the brain. And so probably from an evolutionary point of view, we were built that way because if we're having sex, we need to hear the baby cry. If we're right, we need to go to both sides of the brain. Anyway, um, so women do multitask a lot and a lot of women are not 100% keen to be sexual and they may have some fears and worries and so they they're not really there. They're thinking about something else, and they're not in the moment, and there are all kinds of ways you as a sex therapist and me as a sex therapist can suggest to people to, um, to, get, to come back to center, to come back to what's happening, the touch, the feelings of arousal, and, and put those extra thoughts aside. Quiet the monkey mind. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. So, let's get back to online dating. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, in, in we were talking about, um, you know, I think what we might want to not, um, is that we need to think about certain things. Like, um, women might say, I'm looking for the love of my life. Well, she really is. If, if you're looking to date or even take it slow, the woman is probably not for you. Um, or the man isn't probably for you. If You're on different pages there. Because um, she may not want to date just for the sake of dating. And, she, and I think that's important for us to talk about. If you're going to meet nine people, <laughs> you have to enjoy right. the date just for the sake of dating. And um, right. and not be already setting up, you know, thinking about setting up uh, housekeeping with him right away. The love of my life. Exactly. And um, exactly. And then um, another insight you can get uh, from reading what women say in their profiles is if she says, "I'm a traditional woman," right? She might be expecting the man to pick up the bill and also that she won't have sex early on in the relationship. And um, Yes, I I think that's a big, yes, I think that very much implies that. And I have read profiles of men that use that word and even elaborate, although they'll say, I'm a traditional man, I open doors for women, and it's interesting, that is what they say. Yeah. And, and, of course, a fear that many over 50 have, maybe they haven't dated for years because they've been in a long-term marriage. Maybe their husband died. Uh, maybe they got exactly. a divorce. Um, maybe it just, yeah. Anyway, 
the, one of the fears is he or she, but usually he, will want sex right away. And um, and I think the reality is that plant, lots of people don't mind waiting. And someone who is right for you will respect your boundaries. And if you're interested in someone but this person is getting more physical than you're comfortable with, I think you can express your feelings frankly and in a positive, non-judgmental way. Like, I'm attracted to you, but but I want to slow this down. Or you could say, and I I actually said these words back when I was dating, uh, I, I, I... I don't have sex with someone this soon, so for now, why don't we just kiss and cuddle? And that keeps the woman's boundaries intact. And I think my experience being a therapist is that um, women are not used to um, daring to say something like that. It is so important to be able mm-hmm. to say, to set those boundaries before you get hot and heavy. Um, yes. And to also be not so black and white, no touch, yeah. full touch. You know, wait a minute. Um, yes, all those other things are involved. Well, you know, if a woman is saying no touch, said, I think that's a mistake. Because <laughs> you well, can certainly yeah. have enjoyable touch and cuddle and, walk arm in arm or hand in hand, and this will tell you something exactly. about exactly. about the man and if he's demonstrative and if he's affectionate. And that's right. something I really wanted. Somebody I, I who, do, too. Do you remember yeah. back in high school, I mean, I think we're resurrecting our era and so forth, that <laughs> you would say, you can touch me above the waist? But oh, yeah. There used to be the above and I below don't go the all waist. The way. It's a similar I, I used to say... Yeah. I used to say, yeah, I'm, I'd say it right out, out loud. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a virgin. Of course, this was so long ago. And when making out in the car was a, practically a religious experience, it was so exciting. Yeah, that's true. There were rules. That's true. You didn't. I mean, Linda, right. we're, we're senior citizens. We're, we, that's a long ago yeah. era. But, yeah. but, it's, uh, but it also, back then, come to think of it, we weren't having intercourse. I wasn't having intercourse. No. But I was, we were doing lots of overall touching, which you as a sex therapist and I as a sex yeah. therapist often recommend outer course and sensate focus therapy. And, I mean, just, uh-huh. right, you talk, talk a little bit, Linda, about how important touch is, because I know you're an expert on this, touch and outer course and sensate focus homework. Well, and I even, I can't recall the title of the book, but um, I think it was Sexual Health. Yeah, I wrote an entire chapter about touch. And then, for example, it is the first sense to ever develop. Uh, We know that little infants that don't get touched die, even if they're fed and, you know, the roof is over their head. Um, So, yeah, touch bonds us. It's... um, what can we say? It's just a very important part of life, and it um, it helps temper differences between people um, because it's so warm and accepting. When you do when you're doing soft touch, you know we're not mm-hmm. talking about tissue massage, and I think that's 
one of the mistakes that some people make. They think, oh, you know, if we're not having sex sex, then you must mean we're having massage. There's light massage that's really an outstanding preamble to further sexual activity. It's a wonderful way to segue into sexual activity because it relaxes and nourishment is another key word. When we're talking, I love that word. Yes, nourishment. Because because so many, particularly older people, have skin hunger. Yes, it's skin hunger. They're not touched enough, and particularly if they live alone and they don't have a partner. Right. Um, right. And so I I recommend to to singles who are older and don't have a partner and uh, to. Uh, at, at the very least, to get, if they can afford it, a professional right. massage every week. Um, yes. And, 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 and by the way, I'll just, mm-hmm. I'll just add that yes. I have worked with a number of couples, and the most recent one, just in the past six months, a couple, uh, she was in her late 60s, her husband was early 70s. Um, the issue was her loss of interest in sex, and it was, I don't ever want to be touched again. We, they reconnected by understanding that touch didn't have to mean immediate intercourse. And the specific recommendation I made based on budget, I said, um, you know what? I'm thinking it might be very useful for you to purchase a massage table. And I'll tell you actually why I made the recommendation in their case. They did one of the touching exercises I had assigned, and they said it went really well, and and she was much more enjoyed it. It was, he said, but it was a little uncomfortable for me on the bed, and that's what made me suggest the massage table. The next thing you know, this couple, within a matter of weeks, had scheduled twice a week um, massage, caressing uh, activities. With each Uh, other. And it, they had like a 180 degree change in their connection in a matter of weeks. It was astounding. That I'm really glad you shared that story with us because a massage table does make a difference. Um, yep. My yeah, husband gives can me I a get to mention a brand? Costco sells massage tables for under three hundred dollars. Well, that's a uh, very me, good price. That is yeah. way lower than. <laughs> yeah, in other words, I, I don't, I don't own stock in Costco, but go online and find out where you might get one because some of the massage table stores are shockingly expensive. That's that's a very good point. Um, yeah. Well, my husband has a massage room and a massage table. So he gives me a weekly 40-minute massage. <laughs> oh, that's, just, that's wonderful. My goodness, that yeah. is some of the best foreplay in the world. And I, I uh, totally just, understand that. Yeah. It warms you up a lot. <laughs> so, exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah, so touch is incre- And I, I love that story about getting the couple to get a massage table because it's it's hard to give somebody a massage on on the um, on the bed on the bed and you know when you start talking about the sensate or the what I prefer the caressing exercises sensate mm-hmm. focus yeah um, after you've done feet and hands where are you going to do this 
Mm-hmm. Maybe on the floor and with pillows, who knows? But yeah, I, I do honestly think it's a very interesting investment. Oh, I do too. I do too. So I want to talk about um, some do's for people going back to our online dating after oh, yes. 50. Um, so I think meeting face to face, for instance, in a public place over coffee is probably the best first date. And, um, and I think um, uh, I've got some, yeah. I've got some do's and, and I'm just going to list a few of them and then I'd love for you to weigh in. Do smile, okay. laugh, and be pleasant. That's the warmth part, right? Yep. And have a sense of humor. Do talk about why you liked the person's profile. Exactly. Exactly. Quite agree. Do talk about some similarity between the two of you that you discovered from the profile. Break it down for them, right? Yes. And do mention something really interesting about you. Uh, Maybe some adventure you had recently um, or that you tutor inner city kids or that you floated down the Grand Canyon last summer. You know, whatever is really interesting about you. And, um, and, and, And do listen a lot. Oh, boy, listen. And make sure you ask questions about the pers- what the person says and what's listed exactly. in the person's profile. Oh, boy, yes. the listening part. I call it radical listening. So many people don't do it very well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so I think it's important. And give, your definition, your- give your definition of radical listening. My definition? It's like mm-hmm. active yeah. listening. I mean, but you're just totally oh, okay. focused on on um, what the other person is saying, looking at their body language, uh, look at, listening to the tone of voice, um, and this is a whole thing, taking in the whole picture. But you're really listening. You're not just waiting for your chance to say what you want to say uh, and not really listening. So... Uh, it, it tells you an awful lot about a person. So uh, I, I think another point on the first date is um, not to, it's important not to talk about your ex on the first date. Correct. You know, Correct. I encourage my clients when, when they get to about date two or possibly three, then they, then they might talk about their former partners. But... But here's the question that is really good to ask about a, a former relationship is, what did you learn from it? That's My a goodness, great way if of we keep our it. eyes open, yes. mm-hmm. we should learn and improve, learn and improve, right? What did you learn? Right. And um, I think it's also important not to agree with everything the other person says. Unless you really do. Because people are looking for an authentic person, and though they, they, they want to have things in common, but they don't want to feel manipulated. I think that's, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I think you also want to see how receptive somebody is. 
I think part of what you're finding out when you do that is, uh, can I, you know, have, have a different uh, perspective and is it respected? Um, is this person okay with that? Or do they suddenly go into some belligerent mode? Oh, yes, or argumentative. Um, exactly. You know, I think a real some red flags are, and this can even show up in a profile, un, unfortunately, but the date's, pro, the, the date's profile, uh, you know, are there insulting or angry remarks? Um, and uh, you don't want to have somebody who's touting their own special superiority. Right. And... Uh, and then sometimes people right in the profile can get overtly sexual with their language or demands, and so they want to stay away from that, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, um, yeah. So, and then I think, too, don't let this first meeting go on too long, even if it's going well. And uh, make sure the other person doesn't feel pressured to stay longer. Um, right. You know, this, is, this isn't only a person... In a job interview, you're interviewing the other person, yeah. too. Yeah. I'm going to slightly disagree with you about one thing you've said, you know, namely, yeah, you course. know, the best thing to do is to arrange for a coffee meeting. And I think um, I think the point is very well taken. Uh, don't go planning on having some big major meal or let's go to a fancy place, all of that. But mm-hmm. one of my dates, uh, we're back to the outdoors thing. So Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. I think an alternative, I I agree about the coffee date, but I also think it could be very pleasant to say, um, would you like to take a leisurely walk? Uh, You know, the trite answer is on the beach, but, you know, is there a trail near you? Um, There's something about the walking. Anyway, to me, it's personally appealing to me. Um, It is what I did on one of my first dates, and it was it was definitely successful to have done that. And it it wasn't super extended. You know, it was an hour and a half. But anyway, I just... Well, it was a walk. And I think it makes yes. a lot of sense. Years ago, I, I used to see um, occasionally a teenager. And, um, and this is when I was in Palo Alto. And he, this one guy... He just did so much better. He had a lot of problems. Uh, I think he was Asperger-y, uh, Asperger's right. on, the, on the spectrum. So what, what I did with him was to take a walk for the session, and it really made a difference. Yes. He didn't have to look yes. at me. <laughs> and, exactly. and actually, even in relationships, if you, have, if, if you have something that's really difficult to discuss, either pick saying it on a walk or on a car trip. Yeah. But now again, yeah, we're leaving on. Yeah. We're not. We're going off topic a little bit. Um, right. But I get the. I, I know what you're talking about. And actually, on this walking date, we did indeed sit down afterwards and and have a light lunch. You know, so um, nice. there was there was, was face to face. I could see his eyeballs <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Good. And that is important. Yeah. 
So, yeah, um, you know, let's get back to uh, there are some people. I mean, I was reading a little bit of the guidelines and it was like, don't tell somebody where you live. There is this issue uh, that I think it's important to bring out, uh, especially in the online dating scene, is if somebody sounds too good to be true, they might be. Uh, I'm happy to report. I'm happy to report that in one case, only because I wanted to do a little sleuthing and ask the person for their last name in, you know, before we had ever met, uh, and got a kind of, you know, odd answer. Um, Silver Singles specifically says, beware. We are in the process of investigating this person. Uh, that was, you know, that was interesting. I mean, I never met. Wow. They said that right on. Watch out. Watch out for somebody or, or who suddenly says, well, if they ask for your phone number too soon, and I'm, I've been aware I'm sort of the friendly type that would, that it's probably not a good idea to give us a telephone number um, as opposed to doing, you know, responding on the site itself um, until after you've met and only if you feel really comfortable. Uh, I, actually, I'll tell you what the key line is. Hi, I really love your profile. It's unbelievable. You know, actually, I'm going to be um, stopping my membership. But before I do, um, here's my email address. You can email me. Or they say, why don't you give me your email address? I'll contact you that way. That is a red flag. Yeah, that's a red flag. And, uh, uh, yeah, and you're, you know, we hear lately about all of the older women who are scammed and have lost money. Uh, so you've got to protect yourself both online and offline. And another, exactly. besides the phone number, I think you have to keep your address private. Um, oh, it is. Where you live. Absolutely. I, I don't quite agree with some advice that says don't tell them what's... And, I mean, unless you live in a rural area, I don't mm-hmm. see the horrible dilemma of giving the city in which you live, if you really just oh, no, that, the no. county yeah. behind, I don't see that as a problem. And especially if you're looking for somebody who does indeed live nearby, you know, why wouldn't you want to say the city in which you live without yeah. giving any further details? Yes, yes, yes. Um, I think that's uh, very important. Um, and so, and I know that you've you've been doing your due diligence as you go through, uh, yeah, the the various guys that are on the different sites that you're on, and uh, and it's pretty. It's not too hard to do the due diligence uh, these days. Um, can you talk no, a little isn't. bit more about it, how you do it? <laughs> Well, in in one case, um, yeah, and actually in both cases, one person before we met, I asked, I just asked his last name, and I got it immediately. In fact, he even gave me a "Would you like to read an article I read?" <laughs> you know, and it wasn't a personal site; uh, it was a mm-hmm. mountaineering site, as it was. Um, I knew everything I needed to know. I knew he was up front. The other person, very curiously. Um, I asked for his last name. He gave me a correct last name. And, uh, but then once I had his last name and his first name, you know, I started to find out whether he was registered to vote. Well, the little dilemma was he had given me a pseudonym for his first name. 
And because of that, I couldn't readily find things until via the voting record that we found. He wasn't registered, but other people were registered. Uh, I ultimately found him on LinkedIn with a different first name, but everything he told me about his education was dead on. And I also, with his correct first name, found his Facebook page, and it was seeing the Facebook page and the me, me, me part that went, no, not going to pursue this anymore. But I, I do think last names are important, and you can get a last name without providing your own. I, at least I think for women, uh, it's not that hard a deal to do. That's um, all fascinating, yes. And it, women simply have to protect themselves. There's just too much bad stuff going on. And um, one person that I knew uh, was doing online dating and, um, and got a call from, from this guy's wife. <laughs> he's oh, he's so not single. He's married. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, dear. So funny. Well, you know, for women, I want to throw out this term that I I found out other people have heard it for years, but I only heard it a year ago or so. For women, I don't want to be a nurse or a purse. Oh, absolutely. Uh, That is very true. Unless you you do, but, you know, it, it it does mean watch out for a man who really may suddenly be after your money. Yeah. You never know. It's very, very true. A nurse or a person. And, and that's why, actually, some women who are older look for younger men to not, yeah. to not have to be a nurse. <laughs> exactly. Uh, because, yeah. you know, if you marry an older guy and he's not in good health, there may be sexual dysfunction, among other things. Right. Um, and, right. of course... Oh, my goodness, I'm hearing the music. That means we've talked an hour. Dr. Linda DeVillers, you'll be back, of course. And um, Yes, and thank you so much for this. I think we've had an interesting discussion, and and hopefully we'll help some single people out there, single older people. Yeah. But you know what? Some of these things we've talked about apply for any age, really. So, good discussion. Yes, Thanks, Linda. Dr. Linda DeVillers, her website is drlindadevillers.com, and I'll put it in my show notes, along with a description of what we've talked about. Thanks again, Linda. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you. This was great fun. Bye-bye. 